out there? Are you ready? Well, you better buckle up because it's time for the show, ladies and gentlemen. Straight out of your sister's bedroom, it's your girlfriend's favorite podcast. Without further ado, it's the Wing Scoops Podcast with your host, Wade Needham. Yo, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Ring Scoops Twitch stream right here live on Twitch. That's right. We are live on Twitch. And if you're not listening on Twitch, you might be listening to this on the on the archive, right, on the podcast feed, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Tuned In Radio, whatever it is, right? Uh, that's cool, man. That's cool. Uh, we, we are live. It is Tuesday, August 23rd, 2022. Mm, man, I'm pumped. I am pumped. I, and I have not been drinking green tea all damn day either. Um, we have got Cat in the chat. We've got Blade in the chat as well. I hope everybody is having a, a fantastic week, a fantastic summer. I'll be honest with you guys, man. My summer's actually kind of been like pure ass. You know, it's just it's it's just not been very good. It's just been pure ass. Um, yeah, exactly. All summer long, right? Uh, things though are slowly kind of starting to pick up a little bit. It has been a summer of realization, realization, right? Um, but you know, I have uh, I have a, a little announcement real quick right now. Uh, a big announcement it happened nine minutes ago while we had the uh, starting soon screen up on the stream we had a a big momentous occasion ladies and gentlemen and i'm I'm going to redo it right now since we are we are live and we are recording as well that's right ladies and gentlemen angry taco seven following Ring scoops here on Twitch. I want to thank you so much, Angry Tacos Seven, for the follow and for joining the Ring Scoops roster. The reason why this is a very uh, momentous occasion, ladies and gentlemen, is because Angry Taco Seven is follower number two hundred. Right? Yeah, we have hit a milestone right here on Twitch. Right here tonight, August 23rd, 2022, ladies and gentlemen. 200 followers on our Twitch channel. I want to thank all 200 of you. I want to thank even those that don't follow. Those that, that come in, they lurk. Uh, if they're around for just a little bit, I want to thank you guys as well. 200 followers, man. Wait a minute. I see something here on the screen that I don't want on the screen no more. There we go. That's right. I'm going to pop that back up, too. I don't know how, how that got on there. All right, newest follower, Angry Taco 7, ladies and gentlemen. We got big things popping, little things stopping right here in the summer 2022 ring scoops. Um, we've, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be getting, getting back on track with things, man. 
live streams, podcasts, uh, special guest spots. We got some interviews lined up as well. That's right, ladies. I've been talking to people. I have been talking to people. We have not had interviews in quite some time. We have not had uh, appearances on conference calls in quite some time. But we are going to be getting back into the game. That's right. It is time. Time to play the game. As you can see, like the Triple H lights right there, back there. And, uh, uh, uh. Hey, those that are not watching this live or listening to this live, you guys are missing out on the visuals. A fat guy sitting in front of a webcam with a little light show going on behind him. Hey, come on now. Yeah, 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 that's right, that's right. All right, there's a lot of things that have been going on in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, it's, when was the last time that we actually like sat down and kind of discussed and geeked out about wrestling, right? It's been a, been a while. Um, you know, the, all the stuff that <laughs> happened in July and, 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 and whatnot with Vince McMahon, uh, we, we've already talked about that. There's more money that have came up. I think it was another $5 million like a week or so ago that they were talking about that, that came up. Uh, I think we're up to what, 20 million total, 20 to $25 million total of like money that Vince has used as uh, hush money in the, in the NDAs and, and all that stuff, not to be confused with the NBA, um, which is something that my buddy, the DA, don't like, the NBA. But that's a whole other story for a different time. Okay, so I'm not going to make this as complex as this Rubik's Cube here that I've solved for, like, you know, the seventh time since I got it in June. As I hear some knocking going on in the back. Hey, man, if the room is a knocking, don't come a knocking, right? Or rocking or whatever it is. But, um, okay, so yeah, Vince McMahon, he's out. He's out. He's out. He's out. So Vince is out. Triple H is in as uh, as head of creative and talent relations. Um, as Cornette had mentioned, uh, Jim Cornette had mentioned on his podcast several weeks ago, back in the territory days, I, I don't know if they need my help or if, if, if they're put. I know he's putting on the thing with the hose on the on the dryer, but I don't know if he's knocking for my help or not. But um, so back in the day, the territory days, you know the. Uh, the booker had both roles, talent relations and the head of creative, right? And as WWE got bigger and they expanded and whatnot, uh, it was too much for one person. So they had to break it off into two people. And then, of course, they had, you know, committees and, and helpers and all that stuff underneath. Well, Triple H apparently now has that role under one person. And that was a great point that Jim Cornette brought up, uh, something I never even thought about. Because, you know, obviously I grew up in the days, post-territory days, watching wrestling. WWE was dominant in my my region. Um, I never really watched independence or knew the territory stuff. Um, you know, as growing up, I bought into WWE's history of wrestling. And, uh, you know, to this day, I'm still learning a lot of stuff. I'm never going to know everything about wrestling, but it's, it's fun to learn things, right? So I learned that. So Triple H, though. He's, he's had the reins since, what, SummerSlam, pretty much, right? I know it might have been like a week or two, give or take, you know, between uh, between there. But we'll say SummerSlam. That was like the night that he he decided that he was going to make an impact. And it he has made a, an impact. Um, the pacing of the shows is, is different. Um, the beat is different. It's just, it's a, it's, it's a familiar setting, but it's a whole different rhythm. You know what I mean? It's a little bit more harmonious, but at the same time, we're seeing a little bit more chaos on television. It's a controlled chaos. It's a good chaos. It's the kind that you really like to watch. It's a car accident where nobody got injured because everybody loves to watch a car accident, right? But you don't want to see anybody get injured. You don't want to see a mangled body in the middle of the road. You want to see two people 
or how many other people were involved in the automobile accident. You want to see them back up on their feet. You want to see them high-fiving, celebrating the idea that they survived. And that's what we're seeing on WWE television. Um, I have not watched in full Monday Night Raw last night, but I have read results. I've watched clips, and I know enough. And, of course, the last week, SmackDown as well. And then we got the clash at the castle building up as well. I wrote down some notes on some of the uh, what I feel are some very big, hot topics in WWE in the last couple of weeks leading into their next premium live event, Clash at the Castle. Some stuff that I would like to discuss here on the show. And those that are in the chat... By all means, feel free. Throw your opinions out there. This is where you guys um, and gals get to uh, express yourself, be part of this show. Uh, I'm going to work on getting another thing. Remember back in the day, World Wrestling Radio, every week we would have people call in. Um, and during the brief run that we had in 2019-2020, before that Nico Extra scumbag fucking decided to jack the name World Wrestling Radio uh, with his fucking 20,000 bot followers, um, you know, we, we on Discord, we had it set up where people can call in. I'm going to try to get that going again. That way, if anybody wanted to call in and actually be part of the show uh, you know, on an audio level, you guys can do that. And we'll, we're going to, man, I tell you, I tell you, I tell you this, my friend. We are, and don't, don't jump on me for doing that accent. Come on, it's funny. It's funny shit. It's, um, We've got a good future going on here on Ring Scoops, ladies and gentlemen. Going into 2023, man. We are going to blow this motherfucker up. Yeah. Alright. So we're gonna get we're gonna start taking some calls. But for now, in the chat, throw it out there. I'll read it. I will respond. You guys obviously respond as well. Uh cat in the chat saying uh the people that are bringing back so many great people. Um keep showing uh Oh, I, I think it's referring to the to, to Nico. Keep showing up on all the stuff, and you you, you don't have to report them. I don't want to condone that. You don't have to report them. Um, and I'm not telling anybody to hate the guy or anything. Uh, it's just it's funny that you know he this guy came out of fucking nowhere. He's got twenty thousand fucking followers, and uh, you know he he jacked my fucking name that I used for twenty years, and uh, decided to. You know, kind of, kind of borrow, uh, and I use that loosely. Borrow a, a lot of shit that we've done over the years. That's all I'm saying. Whatever you guys want to do or say, I mean, that's up to you guys. Um, but yeah. So, cat saying uh, I'm getting tired of him always popping up. Yeah, I blocked him. I personally, I fucking blocked him. Um, I was a little happy. You know what happened to him at NXT with 30 guys fucking cut in front of him back in December. That was funny shit. And then he got his TikTok fucking suspended after getting a half a million fucking, uh, you know, bot followers and all that kind of shit too. But anyway, enough of that fucking guy. Um, let's talk about some of the stuff that that happened in, in WWE right now. I feel I feel fucking great. I don't. You guys could probably tell, right? You guys could like if you guys are watching this on Twitch, you guys can see it. You guys could probably hear it, my fucking voice. Like I, I, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like the old me, man. Like the webmaster of like fifteen, twenty fucking years ago. And uh, 
I know there's probably there's probably a promoter out there who's probably listening to this right now, being like, oh, all this guy just says fucking fuck this, fuck that, fucking flare and filth. All right. Anyway, let's jump into wrestling topics. Last night, one of the biggest things that happened last night. I was coming back from Disneyland. I hopped onto Twitter just real quick, tried to hit over into the notification side of it so I didn't get spoiled. Was not fast enough. As soon as the fucking thing opened up, I saw Johnny Gargano is back on WWE. Johnny Gargano returns. He's on Monday Night Raw. Out of nowhere, Johnny Wrestling, he's back, right? He's back. And I'm like, well, fuck, man. That's a big fucking spoiler. That is a huge spoiler because everybody was expecting him in Cleveland, what, like a week or two ago, and he didn't show. And they were in, uh, what, Toronto last night, right? And Johnny Gargano is back in the WWE. And he is on Monday Night Raw. I saw the picture. I saw the the overwhelming positive reactions on Twitter about Johnny Gargano coming back. He got a good pop in the arena. He got a hell of a pop on social media. There's no doubt about it. And he's already, boom, inserted into a program, which is a built-in feud, a built-in program. Okay? Because on NXT, Johnny Gargano had that group the way. Right? It was Gargano. It was Candice. It was Indy. And it was Theory. Theory's on Raw. He's got money in the bank. He was... uh, getting the big rub there from Vince for a while. Um, you know, he had the U S title for, for a minute and, uh, they're really pushing theory is one of the next big talents in the WWE. And he's got that history with Gargano. So Gargano comes out hell of a pop theories out. They're doing their thing in the ring. Right. Right. And uh, Theory wants to do the high five. And Gargano's like, all right, yeah, we're going to do this. So they stand side by side. They're about to do the high five. They're getting all jazzed up. And I saw it. I saw it a mile away. I saw it a mile away, right? Because if you know anything about Johnny Gargano, you know how much of a fan of, of Shawn Michaels that he is, right? And how much Shawn Michaels has taken him under his wing as well. They're like They're very synonymous with each other present time right now in the WWE, Shawn Michaels, Johnny Gargano, Johnny Gargano, Shawn Michaels. I saw it, man. I'm out. Shawn Michaels is my favorite, my all time favorite. He's the greatest of all time. You can't tell me something about Shawn Michaels. That's going to make me say, I hate the guy. All right. I may be disappointed in some of his past actions, you know, scumbag dickhead fucking things that he did, but I'm still a fan for life for Shawn Michaels. I think the only thing that Sean could do that would change that, you know, is if, if he, well, let's, if the side door is open and the dogs are fed, um, that's probably the only thing that would probably get me to fun like Shawn Michaels at this point. But anyway, side by side, he was doing the thing, you know, Johnny Gargano and, you know, and, and theory kept telling him, you know, hit me, hit me. And he hit him with a super kick, a little sweet chin music. There by Johnny Wrestling, right? And uh, real quick, music, boom, music kicks in. Johnny gets out of the ring. He's celebrating and all that shit. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. See, Cat says in the chat, Cat Moonchild says, Johnny gets to show people who have never saw NXT what he can do 
but at the same time, Johnny can help build theory. Yeah, they're, uh, they're going to help build each other. I really think this is going to be an old school program between the two because one of the things in the past, and ideally when you put people in programs with each other, especially in a long haul program, you don't want it one sided. You know, people always complain about this 50 50 book and all 50 50 book, and you're going to push one guy and, you know, leave the other one behind. Bullshit, man. That should be used sparingly. Ultimately, what you want to do is you want both people or everyone involved, if it's more than two people, when you go into a program, you want them both leaving the program better than when they both came into it. Just like the old, you know, adage, you know, like when people get into the wrestling business and they always say, you know, make sure you leave the business better than what it was when you first got in. The same thing applies to really any job. It applies to life. It applies to everything. And it certainly applies to writing. You have to have a progression of both characters, of both a protagonist and an antagonist. And for some reason, people have turned their back on that concept. A lot of wrestling fans have turned their back on it. And it's, it's a trend now, right, to hate 50-50 booking. 50-50 booking is not a bad thing. If you, you It's just like with everything. If you just utilize it the right way, it's beautiful. 50-50 bookend, if you, if you want to squash somebody and build them up, that's fine too, but use it sparingly. Use everything that is effective sparingly like that. It's like using you know DDT in the 80s. The DDT was a very deadly move. Jake the Snake Roberts perfected it. That was his move. And now everybody does a DDT. It has diluted it so much that if Jake the Snake went out there and popped off the DDT... You know, a lot of newer fans, younger fans are going to see that and they're going to be like, well, really? He laid this old guy laid out, uh, you know, Moxley with a fucking DDT. That's it. That makes Moxley look like a dirtbag, you know, if he got laid out by a DDT. That's the mindset you get in when you become oversaturated with things. You become desensitized to things. Happens in the media quite a bit, right? 20 years ago, if you heard about a school shooting, People would be very fucking pissed. And they're pissed now. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it completely went away. But 20 years ago, you heard a school shooting on the news. You're outraged in a whole different way than you are now. Because now, unfortunately, it's a very common practice that shit happens. It's like high-speed chases. You, you turn them on, you see one every day, right? You know, 30, 40 years ago, you turn on the news. If you saw one, you'd be like, holy crap, we've got another high-speed chase. I can't wait to watch this. The other one, now it happens again, right? And you're like, ah, I can't wait for them to go back to my fucking show. I want to watch Family Feud, but this fucking cocksucker is fucking going 90 down to 101. <laughs> Come on, right? Desensitization. Desensitize the people. That's what happens, right? So, Kat, to build on to what you're saying there, right? Yeah, Johnny is going to help build Theory. Theory is really going to help build Johnny as well. They're going to build each other up. Um, theory is the perfect guy, right? Because a lot of people don't like him. There's like, he's, he's the people that don't like him are split in half because half the people that don't like him, give him X-Pac go away heat. And the other half of people that don't like him is because he's doing such a good job as a heel. Cause face it or not, whether you like the guy or not, he is a good heel. He really knows how to get under people's skin. 
he's just got that natural look as a heel. You just want to hate the guy. You want to punch him right in the face. He's got a face you want to punch, right? He's perfect with that. So you find the antithesis of that, and that's Johnny Gargano. Kind of like how Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar were the antithesis of each other, right? John Cena and Randy Orton were the same thing. The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin, they were the same thing. The Macho Man and Hulk Hogan, they were the same thing. Now, am I trying to say that these guys are going to have a feud that's going to be equally as epic as those names are brought up? I don't know. That remains to be seen. In the summer of 98, when you were watching The Rock and Triple H battle it out over the Intercontinental Champion, over the championship, there might have been a very small handful of people that said, man, these guys are going to be huge one day. And we're going to look back and we're going to say, these guys are up there with Hogan and Savage. Hogan and Piper. You know what I mean? We're, you know, at that time, right? Now, we look back now, 2022, yeah, that... That happened. But you can't say that everybody knew that that was going to happen. You never know who's going to break out. When John Cena arrived on the scene, how many people legitimately was like, oh, this dude is going to be the guy they're going to put the whole company on his back? No one thought that until maybe late 2003, if that. Right? I know for me, when I finally saw that, I was like, wow, John Cena is going to be the guy was when he beat the Big Show at WrestleMania 20 for the United States Championship. And it was the opening match. Is the way they did it, the way they hyped it, the way he celebrated. I was like, wow, this is, this is the guy. They found him. This is the, uh, the guy that's going to run for the next decade. I did not know he was going to run for almost two decades. But he did it. We don't know that. It could be that with Gargano. It could be that with Theory. It could be that with both of them. Or it couldn't. Time will tell. They are mid-card right now. Build each other up. Move on to other mid-card guys. Keep moving up until you're up on the ladder. And then you can revisit once they've separated, you bring them back like they did with Rock and Austin. Like they did with Triple H and The Rock. Uh-huh. There you go. Kat uh, adds on here in the chat. She says, to me, the beginning of Raw, seeing Rollins and Riddle fight, I laughed. Just seeing Michael P.S. Hayes just sit there in a chair. I I have not, I didn't see that, but uh, remind me a lot later on, and uh, I will watch. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to watch Raw. I, it might be up on demand to watch on the Spectrum app, you know, 24 hours later. But uh, anyway, so, Yeah. But I want to go back real quick to the segment from last night on Raw with Gargano and with Theory, okay? I liked it. I really did. And, like, what I'm about to say right now, I have to really preface this because nowadays people like to just cherry-pick shit and build off of that and think that they, they you know that somebody's trashing on something, okay? I have a gripe about what happened last night, and it has absolutely nothing to do with... Johnny Gargano, the guy, the character, the wrestler, none of that. It has nothing to do with theory. The man, the character, the wrestler, the performer. It has nothing to do with these two guys. My gripe is from production. Production. Okay? Because the whole return, surprise return, the pop, 
the the mic work, the super kick, everything worked. It was effective. It was great. I did not like them playing Gargano's theme song instantly after the super kick. And then him hopping out of the ring real quick as well. It was like they 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 built it up, they executed it, and then they ended it right away, right? You're like it's like you're watching a porno, you're whacking it, and as soon as you spooge, you immediately pull your trowel up, you leave, and you go like I don't know, do the fucking dishes or something, right? Like like nothing ever happened. Like you got to sit there in your creative juices, huh? You got to enjoy it, man. You got to like, oh yeah. And light up a little cigarette, watch a little leno. You know what I mean? You got to kind of settle down from something like that. I wish they would have just let it sink in a little bit. No music, right? Imagine this. Hits the super kick. Boom. There's no music. Gargano's just kind of standing there. He's looking down at Theory. A grin slowly grows onto his face. He's staring at Theory for a little bit. He looks up at the crowd. The crowd is roaring. The crowd is roaring. Gargano slowly starts to begin to to play up to the crowd, right? And then he gets the camera, you know, maybe like grab the camera like old Sean used to do, right? Grab the camera, you know, say something like, I'm back, you know, and then like a a shout out to his wife and kid and then say, now you can play my music. And then they play his music. He celebrates a little bit, gets out of the ring, celebrates with the crowd, Tell me that wouldn't have been a little bit more effective, right? Let it sink in, man. Let him enjoy the moment. He enjoyed the pop when he came out. Let him enjoy the pop after the turn and enjoy the crowd out there. Let it sink in. And then you move on to the next segment. Or instead of that as he's celebrating with the crowd and all that kind of stuff, and he's walking, you know, back up the ramp, you know, you fade out, you go to break, you come back and boom, you got a whole nother segment right there. And you don't even have commentary saying anything either. Just, just, you know, let it go, man. Let the crowd enjoy it. Let Gargano enjoy it. Let the people watching at home on television enjoy it. And like I said before, my gripe is not with Gargano. It's not with theory. It is on production. It is on the booking. It's on the execution of it. But it was still very good. Don't get me wrong. It was great television. It was good business. Very, 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 very good business. You know, something I I should have opened up with with this next thing I want to talk about because it's from last week. And then I'm going to go back to, like, this week's shit, right? Actually, you know what? I'll just save that for, for last. That'll be the main event. Um, one more thing from raw last night. I know there's a lot of stuff that happened on raw last night, but like, I just, like I said before, I wanted to kind of like pick, pick some stuff, right? Um, Dexter Loomis, huh? Again, kind of tied in with, with Gargano, right? Because everything went on NXT. Um, a few weeks ago, Dexter Loomis showed back up in the WWE on Monday night raw, huh? Monday night raw, Dexter Loomis. My stalker. <clears throat> He's really been living up this weird stalker gimmick. He has perfected this. Like he started it right as Samuel Shaw and Impact. I think he even did it on the Indies. Um, he's just mastered this. He's he's one of those rare breeds. 
that knew what he wanted to do. He developed the character very early on, and he he, he honed his skill with it. He mastered it to, to the point where every time they bring him in somewhere, they use it. They don't change him up, right? On NXT towards his final run before he was released, yeah, they, they, they didn't change it, but they were kind of, they were trying to add and sprinkle in little elements, like little Vince-isms. You know what I mean? But now that he's on the main roster on Raw every week, we're back to the Dexter Loomis that we all fell in love with a few years back on NXT. He's been living up this weird stalker gimmick. He's perfected it. He's been taken away by security. Um, He's showing up in weird opportune times. We had no idea what Dexter Loomis wanted. We don't know who he was watching, what he wanted with whoever he was watching. We, we didn't know any of that. And we finally got some kind of answers or unanswer last night. But then we were left with like a handful of more questions about Dexter Lomas. Kat says in the chat, this whole thing with Dexter uh, is being so great. Because you have different things happening through the show trying to find them. Yeah. You know, you're evolving it throughout the night as well, right? It feels like it. You know, they always say Raw is the, is the longest running episodic uh, television show in history and whatnot. Raw used to be that way. It used to really live uh, on the definition of episodic, right? It was... Um, it seemed like in recent years, because there's all right when you're talking about TV shows and whatnot, um, dramas, scripted dramas, kind of stuff. There's, it all comes down, boils down to two different ways that you can you can go with it. There is um, a serial show, and then there's procedural show. Okay, procedural. A lot of shows fall into this place. Procedural is where every week it's the same uh, format, the same template, right? For example, uh, the show Smallville. When Smallville first started, the first, oh God, 10 to 12 episodes, it was procedural. It was the, um, the monster of the week, right? Clark and gang would be in school. They'd be doing stuff. Somebody would get infected by the meteor rock and Clark would have to save the day. Uh, and of course that became uninteresting for a while, but, and the writers and producers, they knew that, but it was a very good way to introduce people to the show because they switched over to a serial approach. And that's where once in a while you throw a procedural part in there, but with the serial, it's long haul. You're simmering things, right? You've got storylines, you plant seeds, they start to get rooted in to the soil and everything starts to slowly grow and branch out and raw for a long time, especially in the attitude era was very serial because you would have something start at the beginning of the night throughout the night. You'd be teased with it until it finally boiled over at the end of the show. But you would be left with a cliffhanger to be like, Oh my God, it did. We didn't get the, the solution tonight. We'll have to watch next week. And the next week, 
they'd play off of what they did the week before. Something would happen, an inciting incident. You'd have rising action, a conflict throughout the night. Boom, hit a climax. But it wouldn't be a full climax, right, where you'd hit the denouement. You'd go right back down, down the hill. You would continue. You would plateau. It'd be like, okay, we'll be back in seven days. And that was where you kind of rested before you continued up the mountain. And when you would have your blow-offs on the pay-per-views, something would happen that would be like, instead of it going back down and then you have to start over with somebody else, you would plateau, you would, you, know, you would end it, but something would happen, and they would continue to rise. It was just a constant evolution of conflict, chaos, action, intrigue, all that kind of stuff. And somewhere along the way, Raw became a procedural show where you would start the show... You would have, I guess, somewhat of an inciting incident. You would vaguely play up something. And by the end of the night, you would kind of have a, a, a resolution, right? Um, and then the next week, they'd be like, okay, we're going to have these new matches. Um, we'll continue something with maybe these two people and maybe those two people. And then next week, okay, we got another pay-per-view going up. Last week, we featured these two people. This week, we'll feature these two people. And by the end of you know the run, you get to the pay-per-view at least every week, at least every match had some kind of focus, you know, uh, and that's okay. But when you got like a three hour show on Mondays, you got a two hour show on Fridays, you need more than that because you're throwing so much at people. You, you, you need a little bit more bulk on that. And lately raw is becoming a serial show where there's so many different things going on and you're wanting to tune in the next week. You're not getting full answers every week. You're get, you, when you get an answer, you get one answer, you get two more questions that pop up. You get an answer, now you got two more questions popping up. And it just keeps going. That right there is smart. That is what we want to see in a wrestling program. Because that keeps us coming back from week to week. And then when pay-per-views or premium live events or special events or mega events or live programs or whatever the fuck you want to call them, when they happen, they mean something. Because you're going to wonder, all right, is this going to be where they end it? And if so, will something new pick up tonight? And if it doesn't, well, we'll have to tune in tomorrow to see where the next thing goes. And you're just constantly wanting people wanting more. And that's the goal. That is the goal. So now going back to Dexter Loomis, right? He's been showing up. He's been living up the stalker role. He's perfected it. Taken away by security. What's he doing? Who is he focusing on? What, what's going on? What's his end game? We got so many different you know, questions, right? So this week, Loomis was on Raw, and he kidnapped The Miz. But he didn't just show up and just take The Miz. No, 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 no. So the Miz and AJ Styles, they were doing their thing, right? AJ was outside against the barricade, and some dude dressed in all black grabbed him. And security came over and took him, and everybody thought, you know, myself included, when I watched the clip, they thought it was Dexter Loomis. And everybody's like, oh, you know, took the mask off. It was not Dexter. And then I started thinking to myself, and I know there's a lot of other people that had to have had the same thought of like, Holy crap, was that a fan that just threw a mask on real quick and did that, thinking that people would assume he's part of the show and get away with it? It made you think. It's it's like it's like that thing that we always make fun of in the documentaries, you know, about 
what Bischoff says about the NWO. You know, you remember the old, the old quote? Now I know all this wrestling stuff is fake, but that I don't know, that was real, right? That got me last night. I was like, wait a minute. Did, did a fan put a mask on thinking he'd get away with it because people would assume that it's Dexter? And security got him real fast. And I didn't recognize the guy under the mask. So that's why I was like, holy crap, some fan smart but dumb because if somebody legit did that, it's dumb. Don't do that shit. But it's a very creative way to get around it and accomplish your goal. But anyway, everyone was focused on that. So people were like, well, if that happened, then obviously, you know, the match is just going to continue. It was just a crazed fan, right? So AJ walks over to Miz. Miz takes him out. Miz is against the barricade. And all of a sudden, a dude in all black stands up behind Miz and the crowd takes the helmet off and it's Dexter Loomis. And he grabs the Miz and he puts him in a sleeper hold and he pulls him back and he just takes him away. So now Dexter Loomis has the Miz. So where's this leading? Where is this leading? It made me think of something. It made me think of something. Made me think of 1998. And this is not the first time tonight that I've brought up 1998. There's, there's parallels are starting to, to come up here now, right? With the style, with the serial formatting, with the cliffhangers, the branching storylines, the edginess. A lot of it is starting to have parallels. And it's a good thing because that was when business was definitely moving big time. The summer of 1998, summer slash fall, 1998. Um, WWE, they didn't know what to do with Farouk, right? He'd been kicked out of the nation in the springtime. Rock took over. Rock and the nation during the summertime, boom, skyrocketed even more. Rock eventually broke out onto his own, right? Um, became the most electrifying figure in, in wrestling. Um, everyone else in the nation kind of split off. They, like I was saying before, with programs, when when you leave a program with somebody better than when you first entered it, that's a magical thing. Same thing when you form a stable. Those that were in the nation when it finally separated and broke off, all everybody that was in the nation was a lot better off by the end of 1998 than they were at the beginning of 1998. You think about it, right? D'Lo really got moved up from, you know, curtain jerker to like legit mid-card guy. Legit. Mark Henry was still learning. He was evolving. He eventually became sexual chocolate. He did the thing with China. Such a memorable storyline. It really broke Mark Henry out and showed a different side of him. We saw his range. Kama started to become the godfather. Huh? Right? But Farouk, they didn't know what to do with him. They didn't know what to do with him. They they teamed him up with uh, Too Cold Scorpio for a little while there. They just didn't know what to do with him. And then there was another person they didn't know what to do with, right? John Bradshaw Layfield. Justin Hawk Bradshaw, whatever you want to call him. They didn't know what to do with him. At the beginning of 98, 
He was still in the tag team with the Blackjacks, right? With um, uh, Barry, uh, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue, guys. Um, uh, oh, Jesus Christ. I can't remember his name. I don't know why, but you know who I'm talking about. I know his name, Barry, right? I don't, I... Don't you hate that? You know a name. Yes, Wyndham. Thank you, Cat. Barry Wyndham. The stalker. Barry Wyndham. Right? One half of the U.S. Express. <laughs> uh, Barry Wyndham. Thank you, Cat. I appreciate that. Thanks for the... Uh... Yeah, Bray Wyatt's first name. Uh, but anyway. So they, you know, they, they split off the Blackjacks, right? Because they were doing the NWA faction with Jim Cornette. And, uh, you know, Barry Windham, you know, went with that for a little while before he eventually left and went over to WCW. But they didn't know what to do with Bradshaw at that time. They tinkered a little bit with pairing him with Taka Michinoku, where they were, you know, saying that he was going to, Bradshaw was going to Americanize Taka. You know, they were in the, they were in the Cadillac smoking cigars and stuff like that, right? And then, like, he kind of just lingered for a little bit. And then in the summertime, they were like, you know what? We'll we'll team up with uh, Terry Funk with Bradshaw. And then Terry Funk was like, I'm going to retire. And then Bradshaw was lost again in the shuffle. Did a, a very, very brief thing with Vader going into breakdown. But they had nothing to do with him. They had nothing to do with Farouk. So they took them off of television for a little while. Then they emerged back on television, reemerged together as a tag team and they were kind of like dark demonic they would show up and they'd start kidnapping people they kidnapped phineas godwin dennis knight one half of the godwins slash southern justice which the whole southern justice tag team that whole gimmick would have worked big time if they would have ran with it but anyway so they, they, you know, they become the acolytes, right? That we know the acolytes, Farouk and Bradshaw. They were kidnapping people, and what were they doing when they would kidnap the people? Like they would show, like you know, in the basement or something like that. You know, Dennis Knight, uh, Phineas Godwin, getting whipped. He's all chained up. He's locked up. All that stuff. They did that with, um, with uh, Big King Mabel. You know, Mabel came back, right? They kidnapped Mabel. They, you know, they they transformed him into Viscera. And Dennis Knight became Midian. And then by doing that, you had four dudes together and wondering, wow, where is this going? They were kidnapping people. They were forming something. They were planting the seeds, as I was saying before, cereal, not procedural, right? Plant the seeds. They get rooted. Everything starts to grow. It's branching out. At that same time, on the other side of the show... Undertaker was starting to turn heel. Him and Kane were starting to align themselves together. And then eventually by the end of 98, you had the Acolytes, you had Midian, you had Viscera, you had the Undertaker, you had Kane. You had the Ministry of Darkness. See the evolution between one year, 1998, from January, boom, to December. Remember, in January, Kane burned The Undertaker in a casket. By the end of the year, the ministry had been born. You had The Undertaker, and you had Kane, and you had Midian, and you had all these guys. And, you know, Farouk was leading the nation. Bradshaw was one half of the, the Blackjacks. 
uh, Phineas and uh, and Henry Godwin were still the Godwins. They weren't even Southern Justice. But what a big change in 12 months. It got me thinking about this Dexter Loomis thing, man. What if he was kidnapping people to form his own cult? You notice I didn't say stable. It's a cult. Got to keep it the gimmick. What if he's taken the Miz to form the Miz and change the Miz into something else, right? Which would work great. The Miz is perfect. He is perfect for this. How many times, especially like if you think back like 60s and 70s and all that kind of shit, right? You know, like people, they were they were obsessed with, you know, celebrities and people still are. But back then it was crazier because like people had a chance to, to do shit like this. They would take a celebrity. They would kidnap the celebrity. They'd hold them hostage. They'd ransom and extortion and blackmail and do all this different crap, right? Crazy shit. You know, people may be able to have a, a very solid argument right now to say that this still goes on. Scientology, you know, with John Travolta and Tom Cruise and all that shit. You know, like a cult kind of thing, right? This is kind of playing up to that a little bit. Miz, in his own mind, a big Hollywood star, Dexter Loomis kidnaps him. And he's going to turn him. And he's going to use the Miz's influence to help maybe get another person. And they're going to form a group, a cult. I'm liking if they go in that direction. That's a big if. Remember, like, we still have a lot of questions about this. Where's it going? What's the end game? All that shit. I would love to see that. You can tell that there is a change in the WWE because for the last decade, I have not done a show like this. I have not done a podcast like this where I have seen moments of something and come up with so many assumptions and so many different creative ideas to throw out there saying, I wish this would happen. 20 years ago, World Wrestling Radio Live, World Wrestling Podcast, we did that every week, man. I had format after format after format. I would watch a Raw be like, dude... I want to see where this is going for like the next year. I'd have so many ideas, man. Me and the KJ, Kyle Johnson, we would discuss this until we were blue in the face with different things and ideas that we would have. Me and Blade would do that. Me, Kat, Theo, and Blade, we would do that. McAvall and I would do that. DA and I would do that. Little Stevie and I would do that, man. All of us would do that. You know, Mexican Samurai and Joker, the whole crew, every week. And it hasn't, we haven't been able to do that in like 10 years because it just, for me, hasn't, hasn't felt the same. It has become like, oh, it's Monday, Raw is on, there's nothing else to do. I've been watching it for 30 years. I'll just, fuck, I'll just keep watching it, right? Well, it became a point where like Raw wasn't must-see TV for me anymore. I would still watch it, but it never took priority. I would like, I would watch Better Call Saul instead of Raw. I would watch uh, Heroes instead of Raw. I would watch all kinds of different things, right? And then I would watch Raw later. It wasn't like, oh, I got to watch it right now when it's on. Oh, I got to catch the the East Coast live feed. Or uh, I'll watch it like the next night. Now, the only reason I know you guys are probably going to be like continuity. Continuity, right? You guys are going to be like, well, wait a minute. You earlier you said you didn't watch it last night. I was at Disneyland. I wasn't home. <laughs> If I was home, I would have been watching at 5 p.m. Pacific. 
But I was at Disneyland last night, so I have an alibi behind that. I have a logical freaking alibi. I didn't get home until 10 p.m. last night. And, you know, there was one hour of Raw left on the on the West Coast feed, and I don't like going into a wrestling show halfway in. I like to watch it from the very beginning all the way to the end, or if yeah, I watch it the next day or so. So I'm going to watch it tonight. Don't get me wrong, I'm going to watch it tonight. But it's been a long time, man. It has been a long, long time that I have felt this good about watching wrestling, about watching WWE and been so excited about things. And it's a reflection of, of the change in television. It's a, it's a reflection of the change of the roster and the ideas and the, and the direction that they're going and, and the attitude and the atmosphere and just everything. I, I, I feel like that. I, I, I've been the last 24 hours. I've been really looking forward to doing this stream and to talk about this kind of stuff. All right, uh, we'll go on for just a little bit longer here. Um, Kat in the chat says, uh, Miz right now is becoming a great Miz. Um, so going there with the idea is great. I appreciate that. Um, I really appreciate that. Um, I would love to see that with with Miz and, and um, Dexter Loomis and, and whatnot. All right, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about SmackDown last week. There was one thing that happened on SmackDown last week that's just been stuck in my head the last couple of days, which is a good thing. Last week on SmackDown, the Usos were having some trouble at the border. Mm. At the border. You know, Sami Zayn for a while now, he's been trying to get some one-on-one time with, with Roman Reigns, right? Hasn't been able to do so because the Usos keep cock-blocking them. Well, the Usos had trouble at the border. Sami Zayn was finally able to see Roman Reigns. And they had a really good conversation between the two in the back. Sami Zayn was talking shit about the Usos, talking shit about, uh, was it Jimmy Uso, right? It wasn't, it wasn't, he wasn't talking shit about Jay. He was talking about Jimmy, I think. Um, And, uh, you know, saying he was, you know, not loyal, all that kind of stuff. And, and, and Roman was agreeing with him that Jay was a problem. It was funny shit. It was, it was really good. Um, I just, I, I didn't know if Roman was just humoring Sammy or if he was actually agreeing with him. And that's a good thing too. Cause I, I don't want to know yet. I want this to be so convincing that I'm like, you, uh, is he, is he just toying with him or is he really agreeing with him? Because if he's really agreeing with him, Where's the dynamic going to happen then? Where's the direction? And that should be fun to watch. Ultimately, at the end of the night, though, um, when there was you know that thing with Drew and Roman in the ring, and Drew went for the Claymore, Sami Zayn took the Claymore. Now, Roman eventually got a Claymore as well for himself, but Sami took that first one. Sami Zayn got in front of him. Cat says it was Jay. Jimmy agrees with Sammy. All right, so it was Jay. Uso. Yeah, Jay Uso. Jay is the problem. Um, so Sammy Zayn, he took the Claymore from Roman, for Roman, from Drew. Um, I hope that that does not go unnoticed by Roman. And I hope that he um, rewards Sammy Zayn. Now, wouldn't it be funny if he's building it up? Oh, yeah, you know, you took a Claymore for me, you know? And then, you know, throw a little jab in there and be like, well, but, you know, I caught the second one. I don't, don't know where you were there. 
you know, and Sammy could jump in and be like, I was on my back, you know, like, you know, and Roman could quick back, you know, yeah, you're on your back a lot here in this company, you know, just a little jabs, a little funny shit right there. Right. Um, and then, uh, you know, Roman could be like, yeah, you know what, you know, but, uh, you know, you, you did good kid. You did good. Oose, and, uh, I'm going to reward you. And uh, I'm going to reward you with something that a lot of people want. A lot of people, you know, get into this business for, and I'm going to reward you with a undisputed universal championship match tonight. And, you know, Sammy be like, oh, uh, you know, he's very conflicted, right? I mean, who doesn't want a fucking world championship match? But, of course, it's against Roman Reigns. <laughs> One, against Roman Reigns himself. Second, it's against the guy that you're trying to suck up to to become best friends to get what you want. And the funny thing is that what he wants, he's going to get, but he doesn't want to go against who it's, if, if that makes sense, it's a, it's a conundrum. It's, it's a, a, a beautiful explosion of catastrophe is what it is. And you build it up all night, right? You build it up all night. And then, uh, you get to the match and Sammy is very conflicted. The bell rings, Roman standing there, he's egging him on. Sammy doesn't know what to do. And what you could do, make it a no holds barred match, right? Just up the ante as the night goes on, you know, um, have, you know what, have Roman say, Hey, Sammy, you know, uh, I was thinking about it and, uh, you know, you and I were the highlights of WrestleMania. Like you may have lost your match, but you were a highlight. You were a sports center, uh, you know, highlight of the week. And uh, because of your great performance at WrestleMania with that match with Knoxville, I think maybe you and I can have the same kind of chemistry. And uh, maybe our match tonight should be no holds barred. Up the ante, right? Because like he's giving him a, a a a foreshadowing compliment of like you did good there, kid. I'm going to beat your fucking ass tonight. Right. It kind of teased the whole, you know, I took the second Claymore thing. Just really hinted up because it's all, it's built in, man. It is just built in. It writes itself. And you build that up. The match starts. The bell rings. Roman's egging him on. Like, I'll give you a free shot. Give you a free shot. You know, punch me kind of thing. Right. He goes, I'll, I'll go, you know, uh, I'll go blindfolded. Right. And he puts the blindfold on. Kevin Owens comes out of the crowd and Kevin Owens stuns, boom, hits the stunner on Roman Reigns. He's laid out, gets out of the ring. He's pointing to Sammy. Sammy's like, what the fuck just happened, right? And he's pointing, KO is pointing on the outside, pointing at Roman saying, pin him, pin him, pin him. The title's on the line, right? He goes for the cover. Roman obviously kicks out at like two and seven eighths. Um, and Sammy's just like, I don't know what to do now. I don't know what to do, right? He goes, maybe goes for the cover again. Roman kicks out at two. Roman starts shaking it off as Sammy's just like, I don't know what to do, right? Usos come out. They go after KO. That way, KO's out of the mix at this point. And you only have Roman and Sammy in the ring. You have Sammy going around looking for a weapon while Roman is regaining his composure. And Sammy gets back into the ring with like a steel chair, goes for the swing. Roman grabs it, throws it on the ground. Irish whips, uh, you know, Sammy into the ropes. 
goes for the Superman punch, but Sammy does that thing where he grabs the ropes and then like hops down and slides under the bottom rope. And Roman starts chasing him. Sammy gets in the ring. Sammy thinks that he's going to have the one up on Roman. As Roman's sliding in the ring, Sammy hits the ropes, goes for like a cross body or something, but at the same time, bam, Superman punch. And he does like a fucking 360 in the fucking air, right? Folds him up like an accordion. And Roman Roman gets in the corner. Sammy gets back up to his feet. Boom, spear. Roman pins him. Now you have that build up all night long. And you answered a, a question, but you have some more questions. Because now, when Roman goes to the back after the event and he's informed that it was KO that did that to him, you're wondering, whoa, how's Roman going to react to KO? And what happened with KO and the Usos? Well, we have to tune in next week to find out. And then, of course, another question, too. How is Sami Zayn going to take what happened to him? Is he going to continue kissing ass? Is he going to be off of television for a while, come back and do something or say something? There's a lot of different avenues that you can do. And you've branched out everybody. And you've evolved everybody. And you have so many people involved in this thing. That's what I would do. That's what I would do. Um, so, yeah. You know, I, I would like to see something like that. Um, you know, Roman take Sammy under his wing, build that up, piss off the Usos. Usos, or maybe the Usos can turn on the bloodline. Maybe uh, Roman and uh, Sammy legitimately are, are getting tight. The Usos kind of turn on the bloodline. You throw, you throw a KO into the mix, right? Because he, he's been mentioned uh, by Roman. I know we're going to see something Roman KO. Um, you know, if build towards a Roman Kevin Owens main event. The the goal is really to get Sami Zayn kind of popped up there more than anything because KO easily can get popped up. Roman's already there. Sami needs to get up there to the same level as a guy like Kevin Owens, in my opinion. Anyway, that's it. Um, I do have one more thing on my notes here, but I I kind of I don't want to brush up on it because we could we could save the details of that for next week. Um, I'll just, I guess I'll just mow over it. I was going to give like some thought on it this week, but I'll just run it down. Um, September 3rd is the clash at the castle pay-per-view premium live event. Um, we've got, uh, it's going to be on Peacock. We got five matches right now announced for this, uh, the intercontinental championship match, Gunther defending against Sheamus. We've also got riddle versus Seth freaking Rollins. We've got a six-woman tag team match. Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka versus Bayley, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky. SmackDown Women's Championship match. Liv Morgan, the champion, defending against Shayna Baszler. And the main event, the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Roman Reigns, the champion, defending against Drew McIntyre. To me, that's a stacked card, and it's only five matches. Hopefully they throw another match or two on there, uh, really make it a big super card, especially since they're going to be you know international and it's got a, a big fight feel to it. I think this is a very solid card um, on many levels with the with with the matchups, the people having chemistry with each other, throwing in a lot of the international names. You're going local with Gunther and and Sheamus and Drew McIntyre being in very prominent roles right there. 
Of course, you've got you know a lot of heat between Riddle and Seth Rollins. The um, showcasing the brand new stable with Bailey, Dakota, and EO, and we'll get into that next week though. Next, like, we're going to stream tomorrow, but it's not going to be the podcast tonight, Tuesday, August twenty third. Podcast stream tomorrow, Wednesday. We'll play you know video game and all that kind of good stuff right there. Cat says in the chat, um, I think Ronda honestly even pushing Shayna too is great. Yeah, I'm I'm loving the evolution of Ronda Rousey. I'm loving the dynamic between her and Shayna. I am hoping to God that this is going to build up for them to be a team. And then they could build up Ronda and Shayna as a very formidable tag team where they capture the women's tag team championship for a very long time. And then you can split them off with Ronda, maybe going, you know, baby face. And then you build up a big one, one off match, maybe a year from now at SummerSlam between Ronda and Shayna. They could do something like that. I think that'd be magic. That'd be, that would be business, baby business. As they say business, baby, uh, good stuff there. But all right, so tomorrow on the stream, on the Twitch stream, uh, it's not going to be the podcast. We're not going to talk wrestling unless somebody wants to bring it up. But um, what we'll do uh, next week, on Tuesday, we'll talk more about wrestling. The Tuesdays should be like the Ring Scoops podcast. Wednesday will be your typical uh, Twitch stream that we usually do where we just kind of shoot the shit about life, play some video games, enjoy ourselves, have some fun. I think that would be the the direction that we go in here on Twitch going every week because we kill a lot of birds with, with one stone right there. Um, we expand on to two days. We've got um, a podcast that's live and, of course, on the archive as well. Some interaction. We're going to be taking some phone calls pretty soon. So Tuesday night, Ring Scoops podcast, Wednesday night games. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. First Ring Scoops podcast in quite some time. You guys, you guys, I feel like Ric Flair right now. You guys. Please do not use gendered language to, to address everyone. My apologies. You all, you all have been wonderful. I really appreciate all the love and support. I had a lot of fun this last hour talking about wrestling. Cat, thank you so much for interacting in the chat earlier in the night. Blade was in there for a, a very brief, hot minute. Um, for those that are not live right now, if you guys are listening to this on the archive, shoot me your thoughts on everything that we discussed tonight on Twitter at ring scoops. You guys can also email me ring scoops at gmail.com. Go to facebook.com slash ring scoops. Yeah. And, and on Instagram as well too. Instagram at ring scoops. Instagram is more kind of like a personal thing now, but uh Facebook, Twitter, those are definitely, you know, really good uh, points to, uh, to engage in conversation. Um, yesterday I was hit up on the Facebook Hey, Pizzle. What's up, buddy? Hey, Pizzle. You're catching the very tail end of the show, brother. I apologize for that. Um, but the show will be up on archive pretty soon. Um, yesterday, I was hit up on Facebook um, by uh, by a guy named Nick. 
he's been hitting us up for quite a few years now, suggesting watch-alongs and whatnot. And there was a watch-along he wants us to do on the stream, so we're going to try to get that worked in maybe in two weeks. Maybe in two weeks we'll watch um, the 1991 Royal Rumble for Nick. We'll do a watch-along. So we'll try to figure that out. Without breaking TOS, we'll do a watch-along. 1991 Royal Rumble. There you go. All right, I want to thank everybody for um, for tuning in, for joining us live here on Twitch, and for wherever else you're listening to on your favorite podcast avenues, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever it is, tuned in. It's all good. Um, yeah, there you go. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll see everyone tomorrow on Twitch for our gaming stream. And this has been the Ring Scoops Podcast. I'm the webmaster Wade Needham. Until next time, thank you. Good night. And be cool. <laughs>